Welcome on in into BLP's draft preview show with all the boys here. It's literally just right around the corner, and the typical offseason fan couldn't be more excited about it. Before we get into depth about the 2022 NHL draft and our predictions, we'll go through some of the lead up into that with trade signings and coaching hirings that happened since our last recording, and a lot has happened, my friends. Uh, Russo, lead us into the pretty big move coming out of LA. Uh, well, uh, those pesky Kings, they just continue to get better. This is a, uh, uh, that's not going to be fun playing in their division, but um, Kevin Fiala, uh, we knew he was probably going to be on the move just due to the cap constraints that the Minnesota Wild have due to their, um, their half, what, $14 million of dead cap space with Zach Breeze and Ryan Suter buyouts. Um, but they did make a move. They had to boo Fiala out. They weren't going to be able to sign him. Um, they moved to the LA Kings for our first and uh, Brock Faber, who when the move happened, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but apparently he's got quite a lot of upside as um, he's projected to be like a top four defenseman. And I think the wild, they need a couple guys in their, you know, defense system, but um, the first round pick is going to be 19th overall, um, which it's, it's a weird draft that at least everything that I've, I've read and everything that I've watched that, uh, People have no idea who's going where in this draft. It's kind of a weird one. But uh, the Kings then turned around and signed Kevin Fiala to a seven-year, $7.9 million per year contract, $55 million. Go get the bag, Kevin. Um, I think it's a really good deal, obviously, for the Kings. They're going to get a really, really good player. Uh, for the Wild, I mean, they didn't have a ton of leverage here, but I still think they did well. Um, I'll let you guys kind of go from there. But, man, that's – that's a really good pickup for the Kings, man. That's a that's gonna be a scary, scary group moving forward. And they do it like every year recently with Arvinson a couple of years ago too. Not like, sure. Yeah, last year. It's like they've done a really good job at using their assets that they have extras of in a way that because yeah, they have of, so damn many of them. In a way, like the devils keep talking about it and never do. And it's like, oh well, this year. We're gonna go get somebody. This year, we're gonna go get somebody. With the second overall pick, it's up for grabs. Who's gonna give us a good player? And the pick is yours. And they they haven't done anything with it. So like the Kings have kind of stepped in, and like the Arvidsson deal was really good. The Fiala deal, the trade itself, I think it's good. I think the contract's a little much. I don't know what you guys think about that, but um, I was talking to so Thomas and I we we got together. We had some burgers the other night. And uh, we were talking about it, and I said, basically, if Fiala continues to produce at the level he did this year, he had, he had 85 goals. I, uh, 85 goals, that'd be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, he had 85 points. I want to say he scored over 30 goals. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a plus 30 goal scorer. Um, absolutely, absolute beast play driving. And, like, I know a lot of people, the first reaction was, oh, how's he going to do with El Caprizov? Um, he didn't really play with Kaprizov, at least at five it on five. I think 55 played, minutes, I think. Yeah, it was like less than, yeah, it was like 55 minutes that he played with Kaprizov at even strength. He played most of the year. I want to say it was with Joel Erickson Eck. No, I don't even think he played with him. I think it was, I don't even know who he played with. Well, because I know the Kaprizov line it was Kaprizov, Hartman, and I'm blanking. I'm blanking who the, the center was on that line. Um, it might have been Erickson Eck, but I, th- I think Fiala played most of his time with Erickson Eck and then whoever else was on Minnesota. Um, 
and he put up a lot of damage at five on five. And like, if he can continue to produce at that level consistently for the seven years, I think a 7.9 is going to be fine. It's if he takes a step back, he's only 25 guys. He's not even in the midst of his prime yet. I'd rather overpay for a younger guy that you potentially have quite a bit of ceiling on than, you know, the rumors about Nazem Kadri getting eight to $10 million. So like, I, I think I'd rather, you know, I don't love it, but I think that, you know, in the future, I think it could be fine. I already think it is fine. Yeah. I think so. it's pretty fine. And like, man, who's he going to play with on LA? Kopitar? Kopitar, Dano, Arvidsson, IFL, Byfield, Turcotte, <laughs> Kaliev, Arvidsson, like, but like the yeah. center wise, imagine just like the line of Kopitar and Fiala, how defensively responsible that is, and how heavy that's going to be coming at you. This can be really hard to play against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it was big when I saw the. I think the deal is more or less uh, less than the actual money and term he got in the actual contract he signed. But the only thing is that bothers me is I know it's not LA's fault. It's probably the cap hit not going up because of the COVID era. They have no cap space. Like, uh, they're, what, you know, on the fringe of a playoff team, I guess. I know they made it, but were they supposed to be there? I don't know. And they're just, like, already touching the floor. Like, it's... They have $11 million in projected cap. Doughty's on IR. Doughty's on IR space. And look at their RFAs. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did not even realize that. Adrian Kempfe. And Sean Walker. Like, it's... it's, I don't know. I don't know if that was the smartest move. Like, we talk about that to no one. He had a great year, but... Don't know. Yeah, they're gonna have to move some pieces out. And what I'm, I don't even know who they can move. I know they're unless all young and unless, make nothing. <laughs> unless the move is moving out quick or, oof, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Like Lazat makes one point six. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I didn't even realize that. Holy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They have like literally no cap space, and they have like a bunch of guys that they got to sign. Stetcher UFA, Mata UFA, Edler UFA is probably not coming back. Sean Dursey RFA, Mikey Anderson RFA, Leas Anderson, Carl Grundstrom, Kempe, Lemieux, Velarde, all RFAs, and uh, Andreas Athanasiu is a UFA. Holy. Who are they getting off uh, LTIR? <laughs> Who are they bringing in to put on LTIR? That would have been a good move for Weber. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I think Rob Blake. I think he's smart enough that yeah. they'll figure this out. In a vacuum, though, I like it a lot for LA. For Minnesota's end, they're going to get basically the equivalent of a first and a second because he was like Brock Faber was a second round pick. So, yeah, and the prospect too, which is important for Minnesota, wanted to be there. See the picture of. Like Kaprizov was like scoring a goal yep. and he was right on the yep. glass banging. Yep. So that's like that's really funny. important for Minnesota because they can't attract anybody, they can't keep people. Yeah, they kept Kaprizov. Mm, that's true for a lot of money. <laughs> well, I would argue that I would argue nine and a half is a pretty good deal for him. But um, I like it for both teams. I think, man, those Kings are gonna be tough. They're gonna be a tough out, especially when everyone gets healthy. They didn't even Doughty this year, and they were still really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Doughty was playing well too. So um, it's it was a big bang to kick off the offseason and like kind of just springboarding from that. Um, the rumor is that the 
Chicago Blackhawks are looking to get a package like that for Alex to bring it. And if you're a team like New Jersey, if you're a team, you know, Ottawa. Ottawa, you look at that and you go, I think New Jersey has multiple firsts this year, do they not? They have or is it just their own two and one's way late in the draft, like twenty seven or so? Well, they only so this year they only have their first. They only have their own first. They have their own second, their own third. They four. They have three thirds, one fifth, which isn't theirs. A sixth and a seventh. So they do not have multiple firsts. I don't know if I'd move second overall for Alex to bring it, but I bet they can figure something out to to figure that out. Yeah. But I mean that that that's a hell of a player too. We'll see where he goes. That's where I'm interested in. Get him off the Blackhawks, please. He's too good for that. Um, anyway, moving on from there, um, I guess we'll go to Ryan McDonough because that was the other big trade that happened this week. So it was reported, what, like early last week that Tampa Bay was looking to move McDonough to make cap space, and not even a week later, <laughs> they somehow move him to Nashville for Philip Myers. And the prospect's name was like... Brand Mission people, or something? Yeah, people are like, this isn't a real dude. <laughs> but they, they move McDonough out to the Predators. Um, and if you're the Preds, that blue line, Yossi, McDonough, Ackholm, Fabro. <laughs> David Boyle is doing everything he can just make that team a playoff team. Anything he can. He's just trying to do that. Just trying to tape it up every year, which is a good move. I like McDonough, but it's, <laughs> what Tampa just did is pretty – what Tampa did is what every team in a cap crunch – should be doing and they're the only team that does it single year after year what the hell do we move for for patty marley get off our team we had to move a first round pick with them what did, what did they have to do for mcdonough nothing nothing well they get a credit philip myers is going to be a cap credit mm-hmm. that's if they buy him out which i imagine they will but julian breeze boss said they don't doesn't seem like they're gonna buy him out which maybe it's just a bluff but it, all things are pointing to they'll probably buy him out. They get like a credit for next year. And then I think the year after it's like 600 K on the cap. So I imagine they're going to just seems like the right move. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, if you're a Preds fan, you're probably pretty, pretty pissed off at this deal that, you know, Tampa really had no leverage in this situation to, to move out McDonough. And you gave up given two assets that, aren't very good, but you still gave up assets in, you know, a trade where you probably should have received a couple more assets. And I know McDonough's still a hell of a good player, really solid top four guy. I don't know. I, I think for Tampa, $6 million, $6.75 million cap space, we'll take it and run. And we'll see now about Andre Palat as we're, we're nearing free agency. But it was one of those moves where it could happen so quick. I thought, wow, okay. Julian Breezeball like does not get attached to his players. You won two cups for me. That's great. See you later. <laughs> yeah, and there was something too with it where they let McDonough kind of pick between where he wanted to go, and it wasn't very attractive options. It was like Columbus and Nashville, and he kind of just laughed at Columbus. <laughs> I think is what it was. And I mean, when there's only one spot to go, you don't really have much leverage on either side. Yeah, well, it's almost it's like um, you do the Giroux. player credit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, like you know, he's going there. 
it's um it's still odd that it happened so quick though i get they needed to get it done before free agency but holy that happened so fast i got the update and i was like oh okay <laughs> and a lot of people were thinking why wasn't it calor and i mcdonough makes sense he had what he has four more years on his deal Clarence only got the one year. It makes more sense that they went through to McDonough. It helps get rid of the bad years that McDonough will have. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Sergachev, who has been primed to step up into that probably second pairing role now. He looked really good in the playoffs. I don't know about you guys. I thought Sergachev looked really, really good. Um, he was the only one on their defense score that was scoring. He had so many goals. Yeah. And like timely yeah. goals. Yeah, so when you got a guy like that waiting in the wings, and you know Tampa will just find someone. Okay, you're good. You can go there now, and, and you'll be good. So um, it is – that's the reality of it. Of a, we're at a hard cap, and the cap hasn't moved. It doesn't look like it's going to move for a little bit. Was it going up by a million yeah, something like that. this offseason? So, you know, it's, it's one of those um, – it is one of those things where, hey, Julian Breezeball got his shit done. So um, – We'll see where it goes from there with Tampa. Um, the last thing, I'll let you guys handle this one because I really don't have any thoughts on it. It's Timothy Lilligren was a pre-up two years, $1.4 million per with the Leafs. Leafs got that done fairly quick. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the silly good thing about it, really. Uh, it, 1.4 is not that bad. Just, you know, I thought a little bit priority to rest with Sandine, but it's okay. You'll probably get done somehow. But two years, 1.4, can't complain. Um He's got to play in a significant role in this lineup for sure next year. If he's making 1.4, uh, I'd imagine he's not. I imagine he is playing a good role because I don't think the Leafs can afford to be scratching a guy making 1.4 when they have guys in the lineup who are making a lot more money than they should. And the players they're going to lose in the offseason, which have been rumored for a couple of weeks now, you guys will probably chat about it next week about who they lost or who they get. But yeah, it's not bad. He just has to play probably a full year. Keith's got to trust him. He looked good in the playoffs, and they're just like, nope, we're ripping it away from you. We got Justin Hall. We like him better. So I wonder if that's the case next year. I hope it's not because of the cap he's making. But, Tom, what do you think? Well, I just think with how good him and Giordano played together, third pair or whatever it ends up being, it's costing, what, $2.4 million? That's a hell of a steal for a third line or for a third pair who is as good as that should be and has shown to be down the stretch. I really like it, and then we'll see in two years what he'll uh, end up being paid because he'll still be an RFA. But, uh, no, I, I really like it, and then we'll see what they get done with Rasmus Sandin because supposedly that's taking a little bit longer than they prefer. That's if they don't trade him, because that's the rumor, is that yeah. your left side is now Riley, Muzzin, Giordano. So unless you move Muzzin, because you're not moving Geo and you're not moving Riley. Doesn't look like there's a spot for him. And that would be really tough to swallow. With What if you get back, say, Jesse Pugliarvi in return? No. No, eh? Not happy with that. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do want to touch on Jesse Pugliarvi since I mentioned him. Kevin Weeks said the Oilers are actively shopping him. Would you be surprised if he's if he's moved by the draft? Or during the draft? I feel like that would be like a during the draft thing. I think it's going to happen. Um, we talked about him, you know, a couple weeks back, but it's still crazy to me that the Whalers are, you know, 
if the plan is that they're going to move him so they can re-up Kane for another six to seven years, I mean, go for it, Kenny. But um, I, we'll see. Kevin Weeks had a really a couple really like just kind of random ass tweets yesterday. He was like breaking Calgary Flames or trying to sign Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk to contracts before free agency. I was like, oh, thanks, Kevin. I'm like, yeah, Flames would be trying to sign their two best players. <laughs> Is it just me or the Oilers give up way too early on uh, most of their top-end prospects? Or, like, they don't – they make their draft and scouting uh, staff look like idiots by just trading them, you know, four, yeah. three years later. We saw it with Justin Schultz. We saw it with, what, Eberle, <laughs> like, like Malcolm RV, like Taylor Hall. Like, do they just – I don't know what the thought process is in this. Look, at the end of the day, I think they thought Pooley Irvy was going to be a lot better than he currently is. Yeah. And look, is Pooley Irvy still a good player at this point in time? Yes. Is he living up to fourth overall standards? No. And every now and then that's going to happen. You look down that draft and who went directly after him? Well, Matthew Kachuk went after him. Charlie McAvoy went after him. Clayton Keller went after him. Um, Jacob Checker and went after him. There was a lot of guys that went directly after Puliarvi. And look, at the end of the day, I've, I've said it really since Puliarvi like, wanted out the first time is that they didn't really help him with his development. That first year, he should have never played in North America. They should have sent him back to Finland and said, "Go dominate for another year. We'll talk in a year." But you know, Pierre Shirelli, I don't really think understood what he was doing at that point in time. And now it's like you're in this situation where. The media is all over him for God knows what reason. You know, Mark Spector is putting out articles, all oh, he sucks, he's this, he's that. And then, you know, you got very certain that group that wants him out. And you got like the fan side there, like, no, we, we like Puliarvi, he wanted to stay. So, like, I, I don't, it, it is a little embarrassing, I think. You know, you're lucky you got Connor and Leon <laughs> <laughs> because God knows where you'd be without them. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, and um, I think the Oilers are going to be fascinating to watch. They were fascinating to watch last offseason. I think this offseason, you know, they had a good year. They still need two goalies because it looks like Mike Smith, Mike Smith isn't coming back. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the Oilers. So um, we'll move on to, to some things just real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hall of Fame class is stacked. <laughs> This year, Alfredson, um, Luongo, the Sedin brothers. Um, there are a couple other people that I'm blanking on. But Those are the headlines, though. They're they're headlining it. Did Alex McGillney get snubbed again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Um, and these were be... the first ballot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that fully, but. Neither. Neither would I, but eh, who knows. Um, coaching carousel, Thomas. Yeah, coaching carousel, dude. We had Rick Bonus, Derek Lalonde from the Tampa Bay Lightning staff, Jim Montgomery in Boston, uh, Rick Bonus to the Jets. Uh, we, weird moves to say the least, and the, uh, left field moves to say the least for these uh, clubs, but more to come because a lot of uh, a few more coaching staffs need to fill the holes there. But yeah, coaching is a weird one in the NHL recently. Yeah, I, the bonus one is so weird. That's the. Didn't he retire? <laughs> no. People thought he was going to. Um, the bonus one kills me because the Rick bonus one kills me because it's like Winnipeg saw what they did, what he did to Jake Ottinger in the playoffs. And he was like, I want to do that to Connor Hellebuck. (laughs) 
And they're like, oh, we got a goalie that can do that. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a weird one. Um, Tom? Rick Bonus, it was almost like, just quickly, it was like they wanted trots, didn't get trots. They got dollar store version of Barry Trots. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly what they did. Um, but yeah, Nick Paul, that is one hell of a deal. There's seven years, $3.1 million. How do you guys feel about that? Because I'm pretty suspect of it. If I, I like the, I think that's a lot of term for a guy, and they yeah. didn't get the average down. I think the AAV is fine. Three point one million for a third liner. I don't think is the be all and end all. It's you don't give seven years to a depth player. You just don't. Like, how's that working out with Nashville, Colton Sissons? How's that working out with Philly? And Scott Lawton, yeah. Man, Even Adam yeah. Lowry got that extension. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't very good this year. Like, you don't give depth guys more than, like, three years. And I understand that, you know, you go seven years. Like, on open market, what does Nick Paul get? After the playoffs he had, what would he get on the open market? Four, five? Mill? If that. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think well, Mikheyev might get five. 5.5. <laughs> like, you're telling me that on open market, some dumbass GM wouldn't go, yeah, Nick Paul, four million. Yeah, probably. This you know guy's what I mean? career so, high is 20 points. And it was this year, was it not? No, it was uh, 19 and in 20. He had 20 points twice. He had 14 this year. No, I think well, he had just more Tampa? got traded, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it was just a uh, fourteen with Tampa. So that's is that thirty four points this year. There you go. <laughs> Which is still not great, but it's still no, not very good. And like, yeah. I get it. Like, Tampa has a very. I'm trying to figure out the words. They they know what they want, right? They lost the Goudreau Gord Coleman line, and they effectively replaced it with Hagel, Paul, and I forget who the other player was on that line. But, look, at the end of the day, seven years is a lot of term, and I didn't expect Julian Breezeball of all GMs to hand out seven years to a death player. I really didn't. It's It feels like what I said before the playoffs where it's like, or at the deadline when they got Hagel, it was like they're just throwing everything they can just to, like, keep it up. They're doing it. Almost worked. They're doing it. It almost worked. It almost worked. They were two wins away. But when this, when they run out of stuff to throw at people, which will come, and like pretty soon, it's going to be bad. Yeah, and like, like it's not like Paul's young either. He's twenty seven, turning twenty eight. No, it'll take him until he's thirty five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's mind boggling. I guess is kind of the word. It's weird. I, I wouldn't expect a guy like Nick Paul to get seven years. Good for him. I mean, he secured seven years worth of pay. <laughs> so it's a lot different than the Fiala deal, obviously, where you kind of know what you have in Fiala and you know there might be, you know, quite a bit of upside there. I don't know what Nick Paul's upside is, probably what he is right now. It's yeah, just... it's probably a career year, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and last thing, St. John's, they won the Mem Cup. And people were losing their shit again because they were the host team and they won. Not the first time it happened. Not going to be the last time it happened. 
Uh, shout out to a couple of Flames prospects, Yan Kuznetsov and Jeremy Poirier. I'm not going to lie, I didn't really watch much. I saw a couple highlights of Poirier, and he had a nice goal against uh, – it was the game where that guy scored four. Was that against Schwinnigan? I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> William DeFour scored four goals. That's 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 pretty funny. The name DeFour, and he scored four. Yeah. Um, the Mem Cup's always interesting, but, you know, whatever. If host team wins – it's been like that forever and it's not going to change. So um, with that, do we want to quickly go over our draft rankings? Yep. And just to start off, I don't know anything about this draft other than maybe the top player. So top I'm just kind of, I'm just, no, I don't even know anything about Zofkowski. I'm just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks um, because I, I, I basically just took Bob McKenzie's ranking and just went, okay, I want this guy here, this guy, whatever. Um, Thomas, let's start with you. Just go over your top 10 real quick and we'll kind of discuss. All right. So at number 10, I have Connor Geeky. I know this guy has seemed to be outside the top 10 on many insiders list, but I, I think if you take a chance at him, I don't know who was at 10, but uh, I, don't, I think you might have to take a chance with this guy. He's a big center. His apparent comparable is Leon Dreisaitl. So if that is in the, in the indication uh, to draft that player at number 10, I would do it, but I don't think he's going to turn into Dreisaitl. Um, at nine, David Yurchek. At number eight, Jonathan Lickermacki. Number seven, Matt Savoy. Number six, Joaquin Kemmel. Number five, Cutter Gauthier. Number four, Logan Cooley, who's projected to maybe even go number one, apparently, they're saying, but I don't think that's the case. I have him at four. Number three, Simon Nemec. Number two, Yuri Slavkovsky. And number one, Shane Wright. So pretty simple. Uh, list for myself I think me and Rousseau have the same top five or top four-ish I think but I, I don't know Russo, you said this at the top of the episode it's a draft where I've seen many insiders just throw names out there and yeah I've seen guys who are at 17 in the top five at yeah. 26 and at number 11 it's it's a pretty wild one but I I think the only surprise would be if a few players fall off the board which is one guy my indication is Matt Savoy um, if he goes mid-round to a mid-team uh, who has a mid-pick, I would say around 11 to 16, I think that's probably the steal of the draft because this guy reminds me a lot of Mitch Marner. Uh, just watching him in that game, uh, the CHL prospects game. I know it's not the biggest thing in the world. I know it's just a, basically an exhibition game to show showcase what you got, but he showed a lot of signs. This guy <laughs> literally he looks like Mitch Marner. So I don't know if that's a thing GMs want to look at and another guy Brad Lambert he was supposed to go what number two a couple years ago if you get him in the mid round I think it's a pretty good pickup for any team it was like a who did the Islanders get in the second round he dropped so uh, far to uh and then this year too like with Russia and all yeah. that like there's guys that were in the top five mm-hmm. that are just now late First's probably going to go in the second or third round. Like uh, Ivan Miroshenko, um, Danila Yurov, I think is one. And the other is Kirill Dolzhenkov. You're making up these names. <laughs> they were all like ranked top 10. <laughs> and I like going off of uh, Corey Promen's draft rankings because he goes quite a bit by skill and you have to you have to see it a little bit of a different way because he has logan cooley at like number one yeah 
and you're Shane right at like number four, which I don't think is ever going to happen. No. Um, but like based on skill, that's kind of how it goes. And these were all top 10, top 15 players that just are going to go way later because of this situation. And it'll be interesting because if you look at like Bob McKenzie's rankings, there's not, they've all just dropped off. Yeah. It's all just European, Canadian, Americans, and there's, I think, like, he's, like, two Russians. And you, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll go through quickly mine again. I don't really know much. Uh, number 10, Marco Kasper. Um, who, he was playing for Austria, or was it Switzerland? Uh, he was playing for Australia, right? Rogel. Austria. Okay, well, he's Austrian, but um, Marco Casper, he was number 10 on Bob's list. Uh, at number nine, I got Frank Nazer. I just think his upside, if he reaches his full potential, is like Braden Point, but at worst, he's probably going to make a third-line center if that's what he ends up being, which, you know, we'll see. Uh, number eight, Matt Savoy. Again, he checks a lot of boxes. If he can put everything together, it should be fine. Number seven, Joachim Kemmel. Uh, number six, David Yurchek. Uh, Number five, Cutter Gauthier. Number four, Logan Cooley. Uh, number three, Simone Nemich, who has gained a lot of fans over this year. He's Especially you with the draft. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's looked really good. He's the number one defenseman in the draft, so whoever takes him, you're probably getting top two defensemen. At number two, uh, Jurij Slavkovsky. And number one, I got Shane Wright. Um, I think if you're looking from the Habs point of view, um, we can go into right versus Slavkovsky in a little bit, but he's the center. He's he compares his game to Patrice Bergeron. He's not that flashy, but he gets results. I got him a number one. I don't think he's going to move. Tom? All right. So I also had a, at 10, Marco Casper. I think he's a pretty good um, skill guy who plays a way that he'll have a lot of longevity and he's a fairly sure bet to make the NHL. Uh, Jonathan Lekermacki, Matt Savoy at number eight. Cutter Gauthier, I have dropping. I just feel like he's... Every year there's that one and I feel like this year he's going to be the one to have him at seven. Joachim Kemmel at six, which was hard to put him this far down. Um... Man, I think he's maybe like a could even go fourth, maybe even third, depending. Uh, David Juracek at five, Simon Nemec at four, because I think doesn't Philadelphia have the fourth overall? Yeah, I believe it's Philadelphia. And man, um, the way- yeah, no, Seattle. So it's Montreal, New Jersey, um, Arizona, Seattle, Philly, Columbus, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, Anaheim. Okay, so Arizona's four. Philadelphia's five. Seattle's four. Seattle's four. Seattle's right. four. There you go. Man, I could see uh oof. imagine uh Simon Nemec ends up being as good as he's kind of looked so far. And then he ends up being sort of that Kale McCarr type where Philadelphia just misses out. <laughs> uh and then my top three is just Logan Cooley at three. I think that's just kind of He's just going to end up going three. Uh, Slavkovsky at two and right at one because I don't think Montreal's not passing on him. 
I don't think they pass on a center. No, not with the sort of man when you can go Suzuki right or right Suzuki down the middle. Like that's just so good out of a duo. I was talking to my dad last night about this because he is a Hab fan. Mm. And he says, What do you think they're gonna do? I'm like, look, at the end of the day, if the gap between two players is as thin as it looks like it is between right and Slavkowski, you always take the center, right? Always take the center. At the end of the day, a right Suzuki one-two duo, like you said, Tom, can cause a lot of havoc, I think, for uh, teams. And, and the other thing is, like, Slavkowski did. He did come onto the scene pretty late. Like, you know, he didn't really start making a name for himself I want to say really until the world championships. Yeah. You know, I know he was good at the Olympics. Again, not playing as the greatest competition, but he really made a name for himself at the uh, world championships. But it does remind me a lot of Patrick Laine. You know, a, little bit. a lot of people when he started tearing it up at the world championships went, oh, this guy should go first. Or Nico Heischer. I think Heischer's awesome. a little different because he was a lot better than Nolan Patrick. Very, he was better than him. Yeah, and two, um, like Shane Wright doesn't have that longevity either. He's barely played in the OHL, just with the missed season seasons. and all that. He's yeah, he has two, two seasons. He's played two years. He had a good year this year. And it was points. is sixteen and eighteen year old year. Fifteen and 15 yeah, fifteen, yeah. sixteen, and then seventeen, eighteen year. <laughs> so like, really, you only have like one year. Yeah, like you really only have one year. So yeah, I, like I don't. I don't think there. Wright's going to jump into the lineup right away next year. I don't know if I would. If you're the Habs, you what, have to. Why? Owen Power didn't play this year. A little bit different circumstances. Not really. Power it wasn't is. ready at the beginning of the year. It is, but okay. he also went back to college. Okay, he goes back to the O. Like that's not going to do. Like at the end of the day, I don't. I don't. If he goes back to the O, like, what do the Habs have to lose in that situation? They're going to suck next year. <laughs> well, if you throw Ray into the lineup and he does fuck all, like, you know what then I mean? You're not really helping him, right? Yeah, if he goes the OHL back, is not going to help him, though. It's not. I th- At the end of the day, maybe he can use another year. But, like, we'll see what Marty and Marty Samuelie is going to do with him. If yeah. again, that's the route. If they go, if they go right, because it's still very much in the up in the air. They might go with Savkowski. Either way, the New Jersey Devils will win this draft. Yeah, <laughs> they have the easiest yeah. decision yeah. of the draft. It's oh, you don't take right, we'll take Savkowski. If you don't take Savkowski, we'll take right, and then your one, two, three is Heisher. Or sorry, Hughes, Heisher, and Wright. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> man. When are they going to start being good, man? Like. <laughs> Uh, when they get, when they inevitably sign Johnny Gaudreau. Like, oh my God, this New Jersey Devils team is fucking mouthwater, mouthwatering. Okay, so I'm going to name you guys 10 players who are going to unrestricted free agency or potentially going to unrestricted free agency. Um, you don't have to name me a team that they might go to. Um, I just want to know if you guys think they will re-sign with the team they are currently with or played the year with, or are they going to go to market and test the free agency waters? So, um, one, two, three, six. I will start this off 
with. This guy was a um, lot of controversy around this player, but he put up a pretty good year when he did sign. I will start with Evander Kane. Is he staying in Edmonton or is he going to market? Ooh, he's going to market or at least going to test it. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm going to say he's re-signing in Edmonton because I think they're just putting too much work into uh, <laughs> not letting him go. I think it just worked too much that like they can do it. So I don't know what the money is, but I, I think they resign. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm with you, Thomas. I think he's going to stay in Edmonton. I think he's going to get the bag because we know how um, we know the way it are. The next name, he was traded at the trade deadline. Will he stay, Ricard Raquel in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm going to say he stays. Um, I, I don't want to say they gave up too much for him not to let go, and I believe he's an RFA, right? So No, he's unrestricted. He's unrestricted? Okay, well, yeah. that sucks. But I think, is, they, you know, I, I think they could get him done. He had too short of a career in Pittsburgh where you go like, man, I'm not letting that go. Like, I think Brian Burke and uh, who's the other guy? Hextall are just – I don't think they'll do it, but I'd be surprised if he goes to test market. He'd be a hot commodity. Player. He's 29. I was like, this guy feels like he's been young forever. I know. Tom? Yeah. I think he's going to stay. I just, he seems like the type where, like, he was traded once. That's kind of it. Like, he'll just stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm yeah. Al- yeah. I'm, yeah also gonna gonna, I'm also going to say he stays just because. I think the opportunity to play with Crosby is too good to pass up, don't you think? Yeah. And Pittsburgh's going to want to keep him depending on, like, if Malkin leaves or And whatnot. we'll get there. Like, we'll they'll, get have, there. they'll have <laughs> holes to fill, and he fits them yeah. well. Okay. Um, my next player off the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, Andre Burakovsky. This guy had a hell of a year, 61 points. He really fit in as an Avalanche. Do you think he stays? No, no. Yeah, no. I'm also going to say no. I don't think the Avs have the money. I think there are a few guys that they're going to prioritize over him. But, man, really did turn his career around the minute he got to Colorado. Really did. Um, so you guys are both going to say no. Yeah, that's a no. Okay. He's not okay. saying. Uh, the next player on my list, the team that Colorado beat Tampa Bay, Andre Palat. I'm going to say he stays just because uh, I don't know why you move McDonough. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why you move McDonough to get him signed. I don't see them pulling out of a left field trick in free agency because I don't think they give someone the bag or term like they just did with Nick Paul and uh, they have Kalorn on their lineup as well. So I'll say Palat will stay. Man, I kind of want to say he stays. It, he seems to like it there, but at the same time, it's kind of he quietly likes it. Like he's kind of just there he's not part of that core man and they moved mcdonough's money no no he's going he's going really you think he's gonna go eh? yeah yeah somebody's gonna somebody's gonna offer him money but probably not as much as he should get i feel like he'll get a fair value contract from somebody else okay i think he's gonna stay just because again I, i think they moved mcdonough's money um, and just the idea of him leaving Tampa is going to cross his mind. Three straight cup finals, two cups. Why would you want to leave Tampa? Um, next player on my list. Um, we'll go back to back with the Penguins. I'll start with Crystal Tang. This is a tough one because I have legitimately no idea. Man, he had such a good year too. 
it's like 60, 68 points in 75 games or 78 games. I'm going to say he stays because I don't know why I think he'll stay, but I think, I think he might just take the same contract. The only thing that's going to bite Pittsburgh in the ass is they're going to give him that five years. That's the only thing. And he's 35. Yeah. That, that, that's I did not realize Chris Latang was 35. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is this another Ryan Suter, potentially? <laughs> Probably oh, not. Man. Suter. man. That's till he's 40. I don't know. I don't know. Tom? See, I see this as, we'll get to Malkin in a second, but like Crosby, Malkin's the inseparable Pittsburgh duo. And I think Latang is the one that could leave and it, it wouldn't feel weird. But I somebody's gonna offer him a stupid contract. Yeah. And it's not gonna be Pittsburgh. And I think he's gonna take it. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's gonna go. I'm uh I'm gonna say Pittsburgh can only keep one of their two guys, right? Pretty much, yeah. I'm gonna say Latang is gonna stay. Which leads me into getting Malkin. And I will start off, I think he's going to go. It's going to be so weird seeing Gino as in some other jersey, but. Like, that's the weird I think one. He's going to go. Because for I think he goes. even going back to like the previous contract, it was eventually he's going to want to be the guy somewhere else. Right? And that was always a thing. But he can't really be the guy anymore. He's old. <laughs> he's he old, old. And there's injuries, but he's still really good. Dude, the dude had a, a good year. 42 points at 41 games. Good 41 games, though. Yeah, that's the only part about that. I think both walk. I think both are gone. Be a tough situation for Pittsburgh. Thomas? Yeah. Your brother's the your brother's the Penguins fan. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm I'd be really shocked if he walked, especially because is another team out there gonna give him the same contract 9.5 or even more? I, I I don't know. I don't think someone would be that stupid enough. And I, I love Malkin, he's a great player. He was a great player, but I, I just you can't give him that money. Like, look at the games played 55, 33, 41 the last three years. It's just not good enough. Uh, he's a great player. He gets points, but he seems to be always injured now. I know that that was the case with Latang, and Latang finally had his first full year, and look what he did in his first full year of healthiness. Yeah. And you look at Malkin; he puts up points per game, but can you trust him? Can you can he be in the lineup? Yeah, you and, can't. You can't give him yeah. anywhere near that kind of money. But I also I, don't see a team. I don't see a team out there giving him that money just for the sake of getting Evgeny Malkin. I think it has to make sense. Uh, yeah. There's not many teams out there that can afford him that are actually good. Right? Like, I agree. I, yep, I for sure. It almost feels weird like he's going to end up taking one of those like league minimum veteran contracts. <laughs> it makes no sense. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to go as far as a league min. No, it'll be like it's going to be significantly less. It'll be like the Evgeny Malkin league min. Like a it'll $5 million, yeah. $6 million, yeah. Yeah. For like a year, two years, he's made his money. But he's I am gonna, one. yeah, he's one, yeah, and he's he's got a lot of hard work to his name. 
future hall of famer in my opinion for sure um i am going to cheat we're going to do a little more than 10 because i made the list i looked at cap friendly i'm like oh i'm missing some pretty key names um i'm gonna go david perron because this guy has been fantastic since he re-signed in st louis yeah ever sorry ever since when he went to vegas he's been really good since is he feels like that feels like he's a lifetime blue yeah yeah he's right yeah yeah i don't think there's much i'll say yeah i'll I'll also say he stays uh just the only thing next year yikes the st louis blues could be uh one of those teams where we look at a really big rebuild for them (laughs) if you look at their rfas and ufas oof good luck um next one I think this guy is going to be very very highly prioritized to teams um, going into the market because this guy had a had a monster year, had a monster playoff. That's Valerie Nachushkin. Is he staying in Colorado? So no. Or some other team and they give him stupid money? No, that's that's more so like a player wanting to leave. I think it's just he showed up, had his fun, won his cup, and he's just going to peace out and go make his money elsewhere. Thomas? I'm going to say he stays because he had a great playoff, but he was also injured during them. Imagine what a healthy Valerie Nechuchkin could do during the season. And we saw it, right? Like we saw 25, what, 25 goals. 25 goals, 55 points. Yeah. Just a beast. And he's a two-way genius. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're Colorado and he wants six mil over five years, I think you just got to do it, right? Like, I know it's a lot, but. I think he's going to stay. I think he's too valuable of a player to the avalanche for them to let him go, especially if they're going to let Burakovsky go, which I think they're going to. Nachushkin is a player for them that plays everywhere in their lineup. He can play on the first line. He can play on the second line. He can play on the third line. He can play on the fourth line. He plays on the power play. He plays on the PK. He's an every situation guy, and I, Jared Bednar clearly loves this player. Yeah. And I don't think the Avs are going to let that guy go. I really don't believe so. Um, because that's going to lead into our next player, because I don't think the Avs are keeping this guy, and that's Nazem Kadri. The guy wants eight to ten million. Thanks, Naz. Man. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for being really good, but can't afford that. I think I'm. I'll start off by saying Naz. I think is going to go. I think he's going to get some stupid contract, and he's got his cup. And I think uh, I think uh, Naz is going to go. Okay, so Kadri had eighty-seven points this year in seventy-one games. Yeah. Um, that was a career year. Before. By like, by like almost what, 30 points? Uh, about that so, is, it was 61 previously. Yep. Last year it was 32 points, 36. 44 is last year in Toronto. 55, 61, 45. He's about a 50 point player. 60 mm-hmm. if you push it, but like. He's 31. So his peak is probably about 50 to 60 points. And it's just going to go downhill from here. Who is going to give him $70 million? 10 10 years, 7... Or $10 million for 7 years. The Ottawa Senators. 
So whoever team does that is that's immediately to, <laughs> is committing to never winning. That's immediately the worst contract in the league. Right? Man. We thought Jimmy Hayes' contract was bad. R.I.P. Jimmy it's, Hayes. You mean Kevin Hayes. Or Kevin Hayes, yes. Because uh, it was about the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a 40 to 50 point player. Same age and just randomly got 7 by 7. Yeah. 7 by 7.14. Yeah, like point total wise and everything, they're pretty age. They're pretty similar. Except just Hayes. The one except year. Hayes didn't have the ridiculous contractor that Kadri did. Exactly. That's so much money. Yeah, and we'll and look when whenever he signs said deal, we'll get into it. But Thomas, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he leaves. Uh, you can't pass up on this opportunity with Kadri. He took a pay cut in Toronto when they were really shit. <laughs> so imagine now, like, you're not taking a pay cut to. No. Just, I know we want. I know everyone wants to win the Stanley Cup, but once you have one, I feel like in the NHL with that Colorado Avalanche team, I feel like, okay, this is the my time. I need to get paid. Like, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, at the end of the going. day, at the end of the day with Kadri, like he got his cup. And now he's got to secure, you know, his future. Yeah. Some team's going to give him $8 million per year. You got to take You know it. what team I could see him going to? But I don't Where? think their GM would be giving out deals. I think I could see Detroit. I, no. The word is Steve Eiserman might be on that. At least what I've read and what I've listened to. Potentially, because I think they were saying that they need a center behind Dylan Larkin. Exactly, right? Which but, they do. But and I was Not for $10 million. About this. <laughs> no. I was thinking about this earlier. Like... Kadri's good. He's not a number one center. No. Larkin's no. in a perfect in a perfect world, he's probably a really good three C, you think? I know he was the two C on winning team. No, two. He's two. He, he's a two C. Yeah. But like at least for right now. <laughs> Larkin right two. And Dylan Larkin's really good, but he's not that guy. And I keep saying this, like he's not he looked like that. He looked like that guy this season. Yeah, but he's not like Hoisting the cup, leading your team, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The like the centers you need to win, a Braden point, whatever. He's not that level. Yeah. Anyway. And if you're <laughs> if your center cores like Lark and Kadri, they're kind of I see them as fairly similar players. Like Barzell would be in that mix. Pierre Luc Dubois, like they're really good. They're number one centers. They're not championship number one centers. Right. Yeah. And there's a difference anyway. there. Anyway, um, I got a four more players because I forgot to look at goalies. Okay. Um, I'll go I'll go two at the same time. I'll go with the two goalies I'm gonna mention. Mark Andre Fleury, Darcy Kemper. Gone. I think for Fleury, stay for Kemper. Same I'm here. with Tom there. Yeah. yeah. So we're all on the same page. Okay. Um I forgot about one last goalie, and I'll mention it real quick because he's on your team, Jack Campbell. Gone. Gone. Yeah, same thing. That's the okay. quickest gone. Okay. <laughs> six points, six by six in Edmonton. Let's do it. Um, okay. Last three. Claude Giroux. Gone. Gone. Yeah, I think that's fairly simple. I that didn't – he Florida. wanted to go to Florida. That worked out poorly. <laughs> Um, this was a guy I almost forget to men- forgot to mention. Philip Forsberg. Oh, he's staying. 
Really? You think he stays? Because Nashville has that weird internal player cap. And Forsberg's ask was about eight million bucks. Uh and he's gonna make more than Duchesne, which is eight million bucks. And he's gonna make less than Yossi, which is about nine point five. Man, I'd give Philip Forsberg that any day. That dude oh. that dude almost like caught up to Matthews in goal scoring this year. He scored he at a fifty five goal pace this year. He was like on pace he was to really, be. really good. Yeah, I it makes sense for both sides. The money works. He likes it there. He's staying. I don't know. Um it's a weird one because he's one of my favorite players. And remember, this so is the guy I said I would give up Nylander straight up for. And uh, I, I think he'll stay, but I think I, I'm going to say go because money, man. I, I don't know if he wants to sign himself up for mediocrity. Like like you just said, what would you say for Latang or Malkin? You said, Tom, maybe. I don't know what you just said before. But like you don't want to sign your, yourself up for that. I know you could probably score 40 goals get 80 points, be really good, but is Nashville a cup contender anytime soon? No. So I, I don't know. All right, They've no. had their run, though, which is kind of... Yeah. And they kind of lucked into it. If you think back like, to well, they 2017, did. they weren't... Like, I'm not saying they're... Probably shouldn't have been there. there. <laughs> Pecorino went god mode, and then he turned into a ghost in the finals. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with you, Thomas. I think Forsberg's gone. I think... Look, he's 27. This is going to be the one time in his career that he's going to be able to get a ton of money. Holy crap, he had 42 goals in 69 games on Nashville. Mm-hmm. He had only 12 last year. Jesus Christ, that's a huge bounce back here. Um, but no, I think Forsberg's gone. I think with them getting swept, I think that might have changed his mindset of, you know, maybe I can find somewhere better to play, which sucks because like – Sorry, forgot they made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, well, they got four extra games in and they got killed. But like, if you're Forsberg, like, I think if Nashville even wins a couple games, maybe it sways them back in the direction of staying. Because I don't know, did any of us really see Nashville making it this year? I know I didn't really. Well, it's because one guy, Roman Yossi. Well, they got real good years out of a lot of guys on the team, but like, I don't know. I just, I think Forsberg can maybe, like you said, Thomas, maybe just can find himself somewhere a little bit better to play while also getting a lot of money. Yeah. And, but like, again, there's not that many real good teams that'd be able to offer up that much money. Mm -hmm. So maybe if Nashville offers him something fair, maybe he does, but I don't know. I think he's like, I think New Jersey has, is like a really good landing spot for a lot of these guys. They just, I don't know. We'll see. And that'll lead into the final (laughs) list. Speaking of the New Jersey devils. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, I'll go last because I'll probably go on a little bit, but I'll start with you, Thomas. Is he gone or is he talking? Tom, you said this, I believe, two months ago, a month ago. You want to sign up yourself for mediocrity? Don't know if Johnny Gaudreau wants to do that. I know the Calgary Flames were this offensive powerhouse, pretty good team during the regular season, but when they got to the playoffs versus their arch nemesis, it was game over. Um, thanks, Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, uh, this is a tough one because no indication has been happening in the last two and a half weeks, and that's very concerning uh, for I'll NHL fans. Lo- yeah, I'll get know. into a little bit that because I listened to a few things, but yeah, I, I don't going. know. $9.5 million is the rumored thing. 
I'm going to say no, he walks. But I don't want him to because he's so good there. Right? Right, neither do I. Tom? Tom says he's going to walk. Yeah, Tom's Rizzo a dickhead. He's gone. See? He's Thanks, gone. Tom. But it'll be better for both sides. Not really for my side, but um, yeah, yeah. You'll be sad for like a month. But... I'm going to be sad for fucking forever. Um, I'm gonna it'll be good for both sides that that he walks. It'll give I don't you know how good flexibility it is to move on. Eh, okay. Well, anyway, um, I'm gonna be positive. I think he's gonna stay. I listened to the CJ show uh, last week, and CJ basically said, "There's always been this rumor of Philly in New Jersey, right? Going back years. There's always been this rumor he wants to go play at home." CJ said. It doesn't seem like Johnny Gaudreau has a desire to go play in Philly, especially Philly. They fucking suck ass and they don't have any cap space. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's any desire for him to go play in Philly or New Jersey. He said, look out for Seattle to be a player. But like, why the fuck would he go to Seattle? They're terrible too. I know they got a shitload of cap space. But um, CJ said he would be surprised if Johnny left just because – He's in a real good situation in Calgary, right? Daryl Sutter loves him. Fans love him. He's obviously a very popular player in the room. At this point in time, Friedman did report that it seems like it's eight by nine and a half. And he said the Flames are willing to be flexible in terms of the money. So, I think, but it, it, it really looks like it's just coming down to where does Johnny Cadrell want to play hockey, right? Um, it's gonna come. It's gonna come down to the wire. You guys have to remember, but Gabe Landeskog the night before a free agency signed back in Colorado. Uh, Stamkos was what three days. I I personally think something's gonna get done. I I really do believe it. I think. Look, man, he picked the best year to have the year of his life, and I was talking to Thomas about it. Did he have one of the best contract years of all time? It's it's possible, right? That he had one of the best contract years of all time. Yeah. In terms of going into unrestricted free agency. I'm not talking about RFA or like going to market. And standards of the team when we were talking about coming into this year. Yeah. Like completely changed the whole perception of this team by because of one player. Um I don't know. Like, I think he's going to stay. I just, I think there is a loyalty. And, and Friedman said, like, he doesn't think there's any teams that are going to be able to top the Flames offer. Because remember, the Flames could offer him the eighth year, right? They can offer him that eighth year. So that means that if they're offering him, say, say the offer goes up to 10. So that's 80 million over eight years. A team would have to go, what, 11 and a half to match the 80 over seven? I mean, you're willing to pay Johnny Gaudreau eleven and a half million per year? Are you willing to give Austin Matthews money? And I love Johnny. Are you willing to do that to your team? I I, I don't know. I I I don't know. That's why I just I think he's gonna stay. I think by this time, hopefully by this time next week we'll have that answer because <laughs> we'll be a day away from free agency. I think he's gonna stay. I'm I'm gonna be positive. I know I've. You know, last year at this time, I was so down on this team, but I think he's going to stay. 
I really, really do. Um, I touched on two months ago, a month ago, you said about the Johnny Goudreau stuff and how it's better for the team that he walks. And I, 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 I somewhat more agree to that more closer now than ever, because I know Russo, I know he is the best player on their team. He's their pilot. He's their driver of plays or everything, but can the flames afford to have this off season alone, like $28 million locked up within three players? Like, can, can they do that and still be good for the future? My answer is going to be no. Like you, you can't tinker around that when you're the flames, like, if you can move Lucic and Monaghan, you can. And now you have to give up assets for them to move. Like, can they afford either that? Either way, but they're 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 both gone in a year either way. Lucic and Monaghan, right? You have to remember that they're both gone regardless. So, I just I think if he leaves, like this team's gonna suck. Like who's scoring? Like, who, but like who's scoring for this team if Gaudreau's not there? Kachuk's not a hundred points. In the playoffs? Hey. Lindholm and Kachuk. <laughs> did did Goudreau score? He had fourteen points in twelve games. Led the team. Set up a lot of the Man. goals. Goudreau's never been a goal scorer. I know he scored forty this year, but again, picked a real good time to have a contract here. Uh, Still, man. Life, but but like, who's who's creating offense for this team if Goudreau's not there? Okay. Who I, is it? Someone's gonna right? step up. But but who? It's not the guy you're paying day. another $10 million to Kachuk. He's got uh, him. He's making, well, he has the like, C and you got Potty making but like, like if six Johnny million walks, But like if Johnny walks, Chucky's going to do the same thing. You know what I mean? That's, I, think they're, I think they're a package duo, man. I think if Johnny stays, Chucky signs long term. If Johnny leaves, Chucky takes his QO and walks next year. I like That's what I personally think it's going to come down to. And they're gonna have no offense without him next year. Like, so he had 115 points. How many goals did the Flames score this year? He was probably in on like 40 percent of the goals. Yeah, you're fucked. You're, you're fucked if you don't have him. And I saw a lot of people saying, and like, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here in the next couple minutes. I saw a lot of people saying, if Gaudreau leaves, what do you do? I'm on full fucking tear it down. Yeah, trade everybody and go for Connor Bedard. Or Mitchkov, whoever it is. Like, you fucking tear this thing to shreds. You can get a hell of a lot for Lindholm. Teams probably need a goalie. Someone would take Markstrom. I bet you can move anyone who had a really good year. Montepani. We're, we're not playing NHL 22 here. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. But, like, we've seen teams. When, though? I've you know, seen teams, though. Yeah, no. But, like, we've seen, you know, I'm trying to think of a team that absolutely tore to shreds. Nothing. Arizona, I guess Arizona, Montreal, but they didn't trade the, anyone. The, the, the Rangers, they traded like everybody, and then look at them now. You know what I mean? They got rid of a lot of players, man. McDonough, Nash, Stepan was really good. It's, it's different. They're there. the Rangers, not the Flames. They're in. It's that same situation, in my opinion. The Rangers at that point in time, and the Flames at this point in time, are, I think, are pretty similar. Like the Rangers' upside was what. First round, second round exit, and the Flames without Gaudreau will be that same thing. <laughs> Flames with if Gaudreau that, is that. And if they got goaltending, they would have beat Edmonton, but that's a conversation for another day. But um, <laughs> I think he's gonna stay. I think he's gonna stay. I, I'm. I like I'm, the positivity. I'm, I like I'm very, I'm very confident because at this time last year, I was like, by the deadline, he'll be gone, right? So if he stays, I'll be over the moon. But um, Tom and I will be able to talk about that next week because. Yeah, Thomas yeah. won't be here. 
by next week at this time, we should have an answer on it. I'd imagine. Yeah, true. Hope Are we going to record next we Monday? Fucking better. Depending on if I work or not, I guess we'll next see. Monday morning, because that's the last day I could do. Yeah, because Thomas is going to freaking Mexico, right? Yeah. Man, he's a uh, him and like half our hockey team are just. Thanks, thanks, Thomas. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you guys have any... quickly before we go, Haley Wickenheiser, assistant GM in Toronto. That's pretty that's cool. Awesome. That's pretty cool. So, um, do you guys have anything quick left to add or? If this is my last episode before we go, don't do anything stupid. Toronto Maple Leafs, don't do anything stupid. I agree. I agree. Anyway, um, that is going to do it for this one. As always, uh, we appreciate you listening in. Draft is in a few days. Free agency is in uh, in about a week. Johnny, if you're listening, I want you back, buddy. Have a good one.